Welcome to Project Panthers, a weekly podcast discussing your Florida Panthers. Now, here's your host, Brunswick. What a week, what a week, what a week, what a summer it's been. It's fall now, but man, what a summer. Welcome back to Project Panthers. It's great to be back in this seat, and holy hell, am I excited for this upcoming 2021-2022 NHL season. If you're hearing the sound of my voice, that means you found us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other major podcast platform out there on the World Wide Web. You can find us on uh, Twitter at Project Panthers, at, that's by searching at Proj Panthers on Instagram uh, via Project Panthers Pod, and on Facebook by searching Project Panthers. I know it's been a while since you guys have heard my voice, and I, I took a bit of a break over the summer holidays, and uh, things got a little intense in my personal life. My wife and I, we bought a house, and uh, we're actually expecting our first child in February. But I, re- I really appreciate you, the listener, for, for coming back to the Project Panthers uh, podcast and, and joining me, Brunswick, for another season of me scouring over minute details of every Florida Panthers game on their quest to hoist Lord Stanley's Cup. Now, before we can even discuss any expectations, predictions, or wishes for the season, we got to dive into the offseason moves that general manager uh, of the Panthers, Bill Zito, made to try and improve his hockey club. Obviously, the uh, the team performed above expectations in the shortened season, but it ended for heartbreak for the Cats as they they once again lost in the first round, this time to, for the first time in the NHL playoffs, actually, to cross-state rival and eventual... Uh, Eventual repeat Stanley Cup champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning. <sighs> you know Zito wanted to build on this, though. Uh, build on the success and, and get the Panthers to the second round for the first time since 1996. So let's see what he had in mind. I mean, tall task, I guess, right? Given how long it's taken for them to try and win a first round series. Uh, but the first news us Panthers fans received was uh, that last year's 12th overall selection and uh, soon-to-be superstar future world-ruling stud Anton Lundell was signed to a three-year en- entry-level contract, and he's finally finally made the trip over to Florida to start his, fe- his life as a Florida Panther. Uh, this this signing was never really up in the air or, or a wonder or a concern, I think. Panthers have strong ties to finish hockey um, with their with their scouting staff and, and Barkov and, and the core that they have here. Um, so the transition for Lundell should be smooth when all things considered. In the limited time I've seen him play, I mean, I don't really have a lot of access to finish elite league hockey, but uh, in the li- limited time I have seen him play, he is an absolute force on the ice. I watched him very closely at uh, last year's World Junior Championships, and he at times looked like a man among boys. I know that's kind of cliche to say at times about prospects, but... I tell you, he he just looked dominant at times and like bigger, stronger, faster, just really took over games when he wanted to, it seemed. Um, Him learning from Barkov to to start his North American career will be invaluable and that will be shown in spades for years to come. Uh, But a week after that news, uh, we found out that uh, center Lucas Walmark was signing in CSKA Moscow of the KHL. If you remember, he came over originally to the Florida Panthers in the Vincent Trocek trade from Colorado or from Carolina. Sorry, 
did not make much of an impact the first time around. As a result, he was released to free agency after the 2019-20 season, and he signed with the Blackhawks. And then later, last season, he was reacquired once again in the Brett Connolly trade from the Blackhawks, but he ended up playing just four games, did not touch the ice in the playoffs, and was once again released to free agency. I assume the team let him know a little early. That's why he got the uh, the jump on signing with Moscow. And and maybe he can rejuvenate his, his career in, in the KHL, a la NHLers before him. I mean, even previous Florida Panther Evgeny Dadnov uh, found his career again after struggling in, uh, in the NHL and has come back over and um, found a home in the NHL again. Now he's with Vegas. Maybe he can kind of turn it around after a, a poor season with Ottawa, but... Uh, but Walmart kind of seems on the path. He's got nine points in his first 17 games for the KHL, so I, I wish him the best of luck over there. And then all, all was quiet for about a month as the NHL playoffs um, closed out and the Stanley Cup champion was was crowned. I'm not going to mention who again because I really don't want to. Um, and after that quiet month, things started to uh, to heat up a little bit in South Florida. Pardon the pun. <laughs> um, but honestly, all, all was pretty quiet. And then... Rumors started to sp- to turn a little bit, just uh, a little bit on the Twitter, little little whispers, little. And th- this one, this one included the uh, the all time fan favorite defenseman Keith Yandel. Yeah, some rumors about Keith Yandel possibly being traded started to surface. Boston was a destination that we heard, but uh, insiders reported that Yandel didn't seem to want to waive his no trade clause and wanted to stick with the team. But, you know, unfortunately, no trade materialized for Zito. And he he bit the bullet and bought Keith Yandel out on July 15th. You know, this was a tough place for the Panthers. They they obviously tiptoed around this this situation in his Ironman streak last season. There was a lot of media hoopla and runaround last year before the season started about whether or not the Panthers would, would scratch Keith Yandel ending his Ironman streak. They never did during the regular season. He played every single game last year. Much too many of our uh, dismay. But it was pretty evident their feelings on Yandel when he was uh, benched in games 3, 4, and 6 in the Lightning Series. So essentially, as soon as they had a chance to bench him without affecting his his Ironman streak, they did. Which I think was all the writing on the wall anyone, anyone needed to see. I think this was a necessary evil for the team. I don't think that the the culture and the style of play and winning that they're looking to build on this fran- in this franchise gelled well with what Yandel brought on the ice. Listen, I've heard nothing but wonderful things about this guy off the ice. He he signed with the Philadelphia Flyers eventually, and apparently he's rooming with um, with Kevin Hayes after the passing of of his brother and former Florida Panther Jimmy Hayes this summer. The untimely passing, a really really heartbreaking story. And then anyone's all, if you've heard anyone talk about Keith Yandel, seems like a total beauty, you know, like just a, a great dude off the ice. Give the shirt off your off his back. Always bringing in young players to his to live with his family and and sort of give him the uh, take him under his under his wing. So, you know, despite what he did on the ice and how much he struggled, I don't think he did anything intentionally. So I, I do wish Keith success in Philadelphia and and. Hope he sort of finds his defensive game again because, my goodness, he he struggled for the last few years with the Panthers. And, uh, you know, with this being a necessary evil, as I said, with the, with the buyout comes a, a expensive cap hit. This season it's $2.3 million a year, but uh, but next year it's, it's $5.3 million. 
and then another one point two four million for two years after that. So next season, the Cats are going to have six point five million dollars in cap in cap space eaten out by buyouts because between Yandel and uh, and former goaltender, former Florida Panther great Scott Darling. Uh, it's going to be a bit of a uh, little shuffleboard that uh, that. Zito's going to have to do for next season with these contracts, but uh, he's he's setting himself up well because he's thrown out three-year contracts like they're candy. Um, later that day, we got a glimpse of Zito's plan moving forward, and he did sign winger Anthony Duclair and surprise defenseman from last year, Gustav Forsling, to, as the aforementioned, three-year contracts. Anthony Duclair uh, nets $3 million for three straight years, and Forsling a little cheaper than that at $2.66 million a year. Both guys found found homes with the Panthers after bouncing around the league a bit last season. They had great years, and and, and Forsling partic- in particular, he really stood out at the end of the season when Ekblad went down with injury uh, after that. After he got hurt in Dallas, he flourished, and and the coaching staff really let him show off his game. Fantastic skater, really good defensive instincts, and some offensive touch. I I think Forsling is going to continue to grow as a, as a player moving forward. Then uh, not too long after that, we had the NHL entry draft about a week after Duclair and um, and Forsling signed. Panthers selected the twenty selected twenty fourth overall. You know, it's nice when you. For years, I remember the Panthers picking really early on in 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 the draft. There was always a top twelve, maximum top fourteen pick because they never made the playoffs, right? So they were always picking in at least the top. 13, 14 spots. So, you know, over the last bunch of years, they've had some picks in the 20s, and and it reminds you about the good season that they've had and kind of makes you excited for the following season because it's something to build on. Now, whether or not they'll actually build on it, listen, I'm a Panthers fan, scarred for life. I hope they do. I mean, I wouldn't be doing this podcast if I expected this team to be crap. Not not really fun to listen to this miserable thing every week. But hey, that could still happen. So I hope you still join me for it. But with all that said, with the 24th overall selection, the Panthers selected Matthew Mackey Samoskevich from the Chicago Steel of the USHL. He was part of a... uh, a team that absolutely dominated their league in the Chicago Steel. A couple of uh, other guys on that team that were drafted as well. But... um, he was sort of the 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 dark horse of this group. He's a dynamic right-handed winger that can turn the game around on a dime. He's not the strongest defensively, but um, but his skill more than makes up for it, in my opinion. Very talented winger, great shot, great handles. Really has a pretty pretty good hockey sense from from what I've heard on the scouting re- reports. But he's he's at least a couple of seasons away. He committed to the University of Michigan for this upcoming season and probably beyond that. The Panthers have a logjam up front, and with all the three-year contracts that Zito signed this offseason, Semuskevich does not have uh he's not gonna be rushed. He's gonna take his he's gonna the team is gonna give him all the time he needs to make the transition to the pro game. Um and then the, on day two of the draft, the Cats the Cats made a, made a splash. Um this was another cliffhanger deal as as rumors, sort of like the Hornquist deal where rumors flew around that it was going to happen, and then nothing ever actually happened, and then it did happen. So the big deal of the offseason for the Florida Panthers, acquiring winger Sam Reinhart from the Buffalo Sabres. Now, we didn't know what the return was. 
it seemed pretty official that Sam Reinhart was going to come to Florida. But, you know, fans were speculating rapidly. Everyone on the internet was was trying to figure out what the Panthers would be giving up for Sam Reinhart. You know, Sam Reinhart is a, a proven goal scorer. He, he has offensive skill. He was one of the few bright spots in Buffalo on a on a just horrid Buffalo Sabres squad that is just in shambles and has been for what feels like a decade now. Listen, Sabres fans, if you're if you're listening to this, we feel you. If there's any group of fans in the NHL that feels you and feels what you're going through right now, it's the fans of the Florida Panthers. Trust me. But for this trade, my money was on Vetrano being sent the other way. Um, mainly because of the numbers game, his contract status, he's a free agent at the end of this year. I thought, I, I assume he's going to be too rich for the Panthers to re-sign no matter what. Seemed like the logical move, but alas, I was incorrect. Zito confirms he's going all in on this season, and he actually sent Florida's first-round pick in 2022, along with goaltending prospect Devin Levi to the Sabres for the 25-year-old Reinhardt. Now, the first-rounder is lottery-protected, so what that means is that if the pick, uh, if the Panthers are pretty bad next year, and <laughs> and uh, which, you know, you never know, it could be. Uh, if they're pretty bad next season and the pick is in the top 10, the first-rounder moves to 2023, and the Panthers will keep their 2022 first-round pick. Devin Levi is an interesting goaltending prospect. He was a seventh-round pick in 2020 and turned out to be a real steal. He had a great year in 2019-20 with the Carleton Place Canadians of the CCHL, putting up like a ridiculous 34 wins in like one or two losses, 940 save percentage, and under two goals against average. And he was dominant in the World Juniors playing for Canada. Unfortunately, injuries got in the way of him suiting up for Northeastern of the NCAA Hockey East program following the World Juniors, so he never played a game after the Juniors. Um, but I think he was just a victim of the numbers game with Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight emerging in goal for the Panthers. And uh, Reinhardt, Reinhardt is a is a nose-to-the-neck kind of guy. He sits himself in the slot and waits for a pass, somebody that uh, Barkov would love. Um, he, scored, he scored 22 or or more goals in four straight seasons, so the consistency is definitely there. Um, he's not swift on the ice. He's not he's not quick on his feet, but he's he knows where to make a play and has a deceptively sneaky shot. I tell you, I promise you, this season you're going to see him score a lot of goals where you you see this shot initially and you think, eh, nice try, and then a sudden, all of a sudden, it squeaks in and it's in the net. I I don't know. He's got a really heavy shot, and it, and it shows in his game. Um, I do expect really big things from him this year. Playing with Barkov on his wing, it looks like he's going to be playing with Verhage and Barky. So, I don't think thirty goals is uh, is a ridiculous prediction for Sammy this season. Now, speaking of Sammy, Sir Samuel of House Bennett got a contract extension of his own just a couple of days later. This time, it's a four-year deal. Not three years. $4.25 million for Mr. Bennett. This deal was met with a bit of a mixed reaction from the NHL fans and Panther fans alike. Bennett's success with the Panthers was pretty successful. Numbers are pretty great. But it's a small sample size. And Bennett has shown signs and glimpses of, of this sort of level of play in Calgary before for, for small portions of time but he's never put it together for a long period of time. Now, as a former fourth-round pick, or fourth overall pick, sorry, you know that uh, 
that the talent is there with Sam Bennett. Zito is clearly banking on the small sample size he does have as a precursor to Bennett's time as a Panther. Now, if he can maintain a 50-point pace for, for each year of the contract, I'd say the deal is pretty solid. Anything more than that, and I think it'll be a steal by the end of year two. Now, if Bennett performs like he did with the Panthers during his brief time, I think it's, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but he was obviously very dominant throughout the time there. He, You know, the, the suspension in the first round of the playoffs, heated moment, you know, apparently he's known to do that. Calgary fans let us know that that was kind of par for the course for the guy. But, you know, 15 points in 10 regular season games with the Cats and then five points in five playoff games, those are, those are some pretty great numbers. Now, I don't think he can st- sustain a 15 points over every 10 games pace, but my goodness, if he's a point-per-game player playing with Huberto, this this deal is going to be just a total steal. Um. The same day, Noah Jolson, defenseman Noah Jolson and Lucas Carlson also re-signed one-year deals with the team. Uh, Jolson was claimed off waivers from the Canadians last year, played just four games with the Panthers and five games with the Syracuse Crunch down in the AHL, made z- little impact. I mean, I, from what I remember of his games last season, he was uh, somewhat okay defensively, not really um, noticeable offensively. I think he was still getting accustomed to the speed of the game after being off with injuries for so long. I think he still has some some potential, but I I don't I, it's this then the next year for him will be very important for his NHL career. And Lucas Carlson was acquired from Chicago um in the Connolly and Stillman deal. I think he's just another AHL guy signed for depth. And then July 28th came around, an unusual day for free agency in the NHL, typically falling on July 1st, but uh, this year it was July 28th. And with free agency, the Cats officially chose not to re-sign forwards Nikita Gusev and Alex Wenberg. Gusev or Goose, I mean, he barely did anything to vote with the Panthers, but despite that, still managed five points in 11 games. Um, as of the time of this recording, he's still a free agent, so he hasn't found a job just yet. I do think someone will sign him at some point. Maybe not in the NHL. Maybe he will have to go back to the KHL. Um, he's a talented winger. He has enough offensive ability to get a job in this league or in the KHL. Not for a contender team, but for a, a bottom feeder team that needs a little bit of offensive depth. He's a decent option for your second line. Wenberg... Now, Alex Wenberg, he he totally found his game again in Florida after struggling in his prior seasons with the Blue Jackets. He he came alive offensively at 17 goals last year, and and for that, he was handsomely rewarded with a three-year, $13.5 million contract with the newly formed expansion team, the Seattle Kraken. When he should get solid minutes with the Kraken, and, and he's likely going to be playing on their second line, maybe jumping between the first and second line, depending on how Jared McCann does over there, former Florida Panthers as well. Um... And uh, he's gonna have a, he's gonna have a real chance to build on the success he had in Florida. So, when he again seems like a, a great dude off the ice, teammates loved him. So I, I wish him the best in Seattle, except for when he plays the Panthers. Uh, on that same day, Panthers re-signed left winger Cardi V Carter Verhage to a three-year deal worth uh, four point one six million a season. Carter Verhage is a 416 boy from Toronto, so I wonder if that $4.16 million deal was a little bit of a 
Shout out to his hometown area code. Um, when he signed the deal, I don't know. Maybe I'm grasping at straws. Uh, but for Hagee, he blew up for the Panthers last year, and very much like uh, Jonathan March or so before him, came over from Tampa Bay where he wasn't getting a lot of ice time and a real opportunity, and he was thrown onto the first line almost immediately. Actually, right off the bat, yeah, right off the bat, he was playing on the first line with Barkov, and he was one of the biggest surprises in the NHL last year. Just absolutely scorched his uh, his previous season numbers and finished the year with 18 goals and 36 points in 43 games after a little bit of injury troubles down the stretch there. This deal kick doesn't kick in until 2022-2023 uh, as Verhage still has one more year on his uh, $1 million contract that he signed last season. I love this deal for both sides. Verhage and Barkov gelled so well together and and his skill is, is, is no joke. He's... <laughs> He's a deceptively talented hockey player, and I think it's nice to see him get rewarded. And again, his deal could be like Bennett's deal, where in a year or two, it's it's a bargain. Um, defenseman Brendan Montour, he also got re-signed. Another three-year deal. This one uh, worth $3.5 million a season. I, I'm a bit up on the fence with this deal. I thought Montour was, was just all right in his time with the Cats, but... Offensively, he was a non-factor in the Tampa series despite having plenty of chances. And I think if we had a little more contribution from the defense in that series, maybe it would have ended a little differently. But Tampa's defense was... I mean, Hedman was an absolute machine in that series. And without Ekblad, the Panthers just didn't have anyone to compete with that. He's another right-handed shot as well, which I don't think this blue line needs any more of. And I... Personally, I think I would have preferred a more defensively responsible left-handed guy that uh, that can help clear the front of the net which was you know I was vo- I was rooting for Zdeno Chara I know he's he's old and he's you know another player is on the very very tail end of his career but he's a big guy that has skills and fundamentals of hockey that not everyone on this team has and I think that would have been valuable to this squad but he ended up going to the Islanders we'll wait and see about Montour. I, he doesn't help the Cats with what they struggled with. He's an offensive-minded defenseman that is all right in his own zone, and we have enough offensive guys. This team needs another Radko Gudis to play on that second pairing and so that Gudis can drop down to the third pairing. I, But we'll see. We'll see about Montour. He had a pretty good preseason, so we'll see how his season goes with the Panthers and a, and a full year in this system. Um, the team also re-signed center Luke Uholamico, goalie Sam Montembeau, defenseman Chase Prisky in the following days, and they also padded the HL squad by adding Zach Dalpy to the group on a two-year, two-way contract. Then came August 11th, Sam Reinhardt's deal finally gets done, and wouldn't you know it, another three-year deal, which, like I said, Zito loves to give away this offseason, and it kind of makes me wonder about Zito. Does this guy know something we don't? Do we have some apocalyptic event in three years where all these contracts won't matter anymore because the world is ending and the Panthers won the cup anyway, so who freaking cares? This is a three-year deal worth $6.5 million a season. Making Reinhardt, at the time of the signing, at the time that he signed the contract, it made him the wealthiest Panthers forward on the team. That didn't last too long, but more on that a little bit later. As for the contract itself, I like it. 
Reinhardt has a chance to really take the next step in his NHL career and become a consistent 30-goal guy. I mean, he's definitely getting paid like it, Raul. Right? He's earning that money, and he, he, he hasn't hit that 30-goal mark yet in his career. And, I mean, if he doesn't do it playing on Barkov's wing, he may never. Right? Uh, just a couple of days later, Florida Panthers became the next stop on the Jumbo, Jumbo Joe Express as uh, GM Bill Zito signs longtime NHLer, the 42-year-old Joe Thornton, the pride of London, Ontario. Thornton brings his beard down to South Florida for a one-year deal at just 750 a season, so very, very cheap, basically just playing for the love of the game and hoping to get a Stanley Cup. Some folks were a bit disappointed with this deal, but at one year, I mean, it's one year. Thornton, he can provide some depth and even more veteran leadership to a group that already has Patty Hornquist and in, in, in Radko Gudis in, in the locker room. And also, Finnish center and young prospect, super, superstar stud to be, Anton Lundell. He's got yet another consummate professional to learn from in Jumbo Joe. Now, I don't expect from him much offensively as his skating which, to be honest, was never really his strong suit, even in his prime. Uh, it's kind of hinders it, it hinders his ability a bit at uh, at times in the opposition zone. But he's he's still got that eye and that passing ability. So I think putting a guy like Vetrano maybe with him, they might find some magic because Vetrano has a real keen for for is really keen on getting into open areas in the slot. And Joe Thornton likes to pass the puck there, so. Could be a winning combination for the Panthers. Um, and then all was quiet on the Eastern Front for a while. No more trades, no more deals as uh, as training camp opened up and the Cats started their preseason. Some early thoughts uh, after the preseason ended because now we are over. We're a couple of days away from the season. The Panthers started their preseason 5-0-0 and they were top of the league uh, before dropping two games to Lightning to end their preseason. I know, I know. It's just preseason. I remember when I was younger, John Sim. Um, former Florida Panther great, John Sim, used to lead the league perennially in preseason scoring. I feel like he scored at a goal per game pace in the preseason. And then regular season came around and everything was back to reality and back to the way it should be. But shout out to John Sim for for crushing it in the 33 games he played with the Panthers. Sim actually had like 10 goals for the Panthers in 33 games, so... Um, not a, not a bad numbers for him with Florida. Um, that's enough John Sim talk. But uh, the top scoring Panthers for this for the preseason were Barkov, who finished with seven points in five games. Actually, was second in preseason scoring behind only Connor McDavid, uh, and then Sam Bennett, Brandon Montour, and Owen Tippett uh, rounded out the top four scorers for the Panthers. Tippett particular looks to be ready to take the next step. He looked dominant at times and scored six points in five games. Uh, looks like he'll start the season with Uberdo and Bennett, the, the line he was playing with in the playoffs. So the future is honestly in his hands. He's set up to succeed. Now he's just got to pull it, pull the trigger. I, I am expecting a breakout year for your OT. Spencer Knight had three starts, posting a 2-1-0 record with a 2.25 GAA and a 9.25 save percentage, picking up right where he left off last season. Um, Chris Gibson, Gibson shared the net with Knight mostly as Bob was away for the birth of his first child, so congratulations to Sergey um, on becoming a father. Always an exciting time. I mean, I'm in the cusp of, of de- going through that right now, and it's it's exciting already. So um, congratulations to Bobrovsky. Um, 
Bob did come back for his final game and helped blow a 2-1 lead to the Bolts in the third period, unfortunately. It's just one game, and it wasn't the... It was against the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, but four goals against in an 860 save percentage in his debut is not exactly a good sign. Now, there's obviously going to be some rust and stuff like that, but, you know, Spencer Knight is going to be breathing down Bob's neck all season, and Bob doesn't have an Iron Man streak to protect him. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Sir Ron Noel, um, Panthers second-round pick in 2018, Somebody who I have kept a close eye on over his junior career since the Panthers drafted him. He's a big kid at six foot five, and he uses his size well. He was surprisingly agile and 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 uh, deceptively sneaky during cre- during preseason. He's got a really quick release. Unfortunately, he's going to start the season in the AHL. Just such a log jam up front, but I think the future looks good for Noel, and he may be knocking on the door sooner than we think. He has all the tools to be really successful in the NHL. His career may go the way of um, a Nick Bugstad, where doesn't use his size and struggles a bit, or it can go the way of maybe Wayne Simmons. Okay, before he got hurt, but you know, sort of like the bigger guy that can play a tougher game but doesn't exactly sh- doesn't shy away from physicality but doesn't rely on it all the time to be successful because a guy like Simmons is extremely skilled and so is Sir on the well and yeah I, I just you know there's a lot of big guys around the league that don't use their size enough anymore and I would hate for Sir on Noel to be one of those guys I don't need him to be a powerful a, a you know dominant um big guy but he's six foot five like you got to use that frame and in a league where the defensemen just seem to be getting bigger and bigger I think a guy like Sir Noel can really make an impact for this team I I really love this kid's game I really do um also there's some bad blood with the (laughs) between the Bulls and the Cats um they they are not they (laughs) these two teams friggin' hate each other they combined for 96 penalty minutes in their first rematch since the playoffs. 96 penalty minutes in a preseason game. The games don't count. Like, they don't count. They're not even. It's Oh, it's going to be a fun season. I tell you, this is going to be. And now they've, the Bolts have added resident scumbag of the NHL, Corey Perry. Although he's one of those guys that you hate to play against but love to have on your team. But, man, like, you know, people will call Hornquist a scumbag. But I love the guy. So, um, adding Perry to the mix for the for the Lightning, it's <laughs> it's gonna get interesting. Um, now just a few days ago, uh, just a few days ago, around like let's say, hmm, like around nine a.m. Eastern, October eighth. Did you and did you and everyone else? Did you hear that loud but seemingly pleasant noise coming from the south? Yeah, yeah. That's right. That was every Florida Panthers fan sighing in collective relief. As reporter Elliot Friedman broke the news that El Capitano, Alexander Barkov, will be re-signing with the Florida Panthers for eight years at $9.5 million per season. Yeah. Dinner on Barkey for the next decade, am I right? Huh? 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 You know, because he got a lot of money because uh, it was a big contract. Huh? 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 No? Yeah? I love this deal for both sides. 
Barkov gets paid and the Cats get to keep their captain. Bodes well for re-signing Huberto next season as well. I said on our Twitter page uh, day of the signing, but I'll say it again here. Fans love players like Barkov, but general managers in the NHL literally salivate over guys like this. There's a reason players like Barkov never touch free agency. See Jonathan Taves, Anshay Kopitar, Patrice Bergeron. GMs know how rare and valuable players like this are. Could Barkov have gotten a bit more on free agency? Yes, most definitely. At least $2 million, maybe $3 million more. But look at what he's built with this team. They're on the cusp of being perennial contenders with a franchise that, up until his arrival, and even a bit during his early time, has been spinning its tires for the better part of three decades. Plus, it's Florida. Playing hockey in South Florida? Professionally? Damn, dude, that is the dream. The dream. The contract has been interesting. It's a lot of signing bonuses. So every uh, July 1st, Barkov is going to be handed a fat check. He's only going to be paid $1 million salary all season. So his his bi-weekly payments that he receives will not be too high. But come July 1st, that $8.5 million check will be written in his name and he'll be able to cash and do whatever the hell he wants with it. It's an interesting contract because not every owner wants to do this. You know, there's a budget involved and paying out your players bi-weekly is part of budgeting where this is a huge paycheck you have to cut, a huge check you have to cut every single July 1st for the next eight years. So this is an obvious commitment from Viola and the ownership group to to keep the captain on board and, and you know, Give him that incentive to stay with the team. I mean, hell of an incentive if you ask me. But, you know, Barkov's not the kind of guy to do it for money. And that's, listen, he got rewarded with a $9.5 million deal. I'm not going to act like that's not a massive amount of money. But he could have gotten more. He could have held out for more. He could have gotten greedy. We all know Barkov is not that kind of a guy. You know, always been a quiet dude. Always been a to himself, very professional, very... Um, there's just there's guys like that in the NHL like I mentioned Taves, Kopitar, Bergeron they, they're just a different breed and cut from a different cloth and Barkov is that guy cut from that cloth I'm so thankful that Barkov is, is on this team and, and I think it's time for me to finally pull the trigger on a Barky jersey because I have waited far too long to represent the El Capitano with a jersey uh, a couple of days later, after that big news, Zito uh, did a little something about the long jam of forwards up front, and he trades Yuho Lamico, who was likely going to be a victim of waivers, along with defenseman Noah Jolson, both who signed one-year deals this past offseason, to the Vancouver Canucks for defenseman Oli Yuho Levy. That's right. We get another Oli on the team. Another Oli Yu, but this one's Yu Levy, not Jokinen. Uh, this is actually the 192nd trade between the Canucks and Panthers um, over their franchise's history. That's a lot of transactions, folks. A lot. So many huge trades over the years, though. Thinking back. Beret for Jovo. Luongo. Ballard for Grabner. David Booth going to Vancouver. The Luongo coming back again. This is one of many, and it definitely, definitely will not be the last. I can say that with certainty. I wonder if it has something to do with proximity and that they're they're the f- furthest away from each other. So in their heads, it's always, hey, 
we won't see them that often because they're so far away, right? I feel like that's got to, you know, the human brain is weird like that, and I feel like that has to play some sort of weird part in it. Um, I was a little bit sad to see losing uh, see us losing Yuho Lamico. He's the kind of guy that always gives 110%, an absolute beast on the ice, and very defensively responsible, killed penalties, surprises with some goals here and there. He had that sneaky little backhander that it seemed to always find a hole through goalies. Um, if you're a Vancouver Canucks fan listening to this very Florida Panthers-centric podcast for whatever reason, trust me, you're going to love him as a player. He is the prototypical fourth-line guy. He really is. Jolson, I mean, Jolson had a chance to to make the big club out of training camp as a seventh defenseman, but he just didn't put it together. I do wish him the best of luck in Vancouver. As I mentioned before, he has faced some hurdles throughout his career, so I think I think uh, a fresh start might be what he needs, and, and uh, Vancouver, I think, will give him a chance to crack that roster. The scouting report on uh, defenseman Oli Uolevi is that injuries have basically hampered him completely since getting drafted. Major uh, major surgery on his hip has taken away some foot speed from him, and despite being drafted as an offensive defenseman, he's tried to adjust his game as a result of the surgeries to a more defensive Maya style, but unfortunately it just hasn't transitioned and well. And um, For him being selected fifth overall way back in 2016, his career is a disappointment to say the least. But Zito and Coach Quenville's staff have sort of made reclamation projects their method of operation. Since Zito came along, so maybe maybe they see something in Yule Levy that us, you know, plebs and 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 nobodies know nothing about. We don't see it. There's something or they just need a body. I don't know. I, I have very zero very low expectations for you, Yule Levy. I have a couple of friends that are Canucks fans and they did not have anything positive to say about him. But, you know, sometimes you need to change the scenery as we've seen many times on this team already. Um, and this is obviously a great locker room that guys sing the praises of. So let's see. Um, with all that said, we are now ready for the 2021-2022 regular season. Expectations? I, I hate making predictions. Every year that I've thought the Florida Panthers were going to be good, they're shit. And every year I expect them to be shit, they're better than I expected. I'm not going to make any predictions, but I will say that this is easily the most talented roster this franchise has ever put on the ice. Now, whether or not everything gels and comes together like last year remains to be seen. Try not to count my eggs before they kick chicken in the hatch, right? That's how it goes, right? I still think defensively this team will struggle. I don't believe enough has changed personnel-wise to improve with this group. Although losing Yandel should be addition by subtraction on the defensive end, us fans also lose the easy scapegoat with Keith moving on. So we can't just all blame him for every single game that we lose. I think not making the playoffs will be disappointing to say the least after this season. After last season, sorry. We'll we'll find out after playing the same seven teams. We'll, sorry, we'll find out if playing the same seven teams was just some fluky thing that, that let the team succeed or, or if they are now truly in the upper echelon of the NHL and will be part of that group of teams that will be vying for the Stanley Cup next spring. Really, I just want them to win a playoff series. I just want them to win a playoff series. I'm not going to be greedy and ask for a Stanley Cup. Obviously, obviously, I would love a Stanley Cup, but I'm not going to be greedy. I just want them to win a playoff series. Please win a playoff series. It's been so damn long, dude. I was nine years old the last time they won a playoff series. Nine. 
I'm about to be 35 next year. I'll be 35 by the time the playoffs roll around. That is... Holy shit. Anyway, the season opens up Thursday, October 14th against the Penguins at home. First game is against the or again, first game against the Lightning is October 19th, so make sure you mark your calendars for that one. That's going to be a bloodbath, I assume. But now that I've sold it so much, it's probably going to be nothing. My pick for breakout player of the season for the Florida Panthers is Owen Tippett. I, I really love what I saw from him during preseason. He's got all the tools to be a star in this league, and I think this year he finally puts them all to use. I also expect Spencer Knight to be the number one goalie by the end of the year. I hate to say it, but I think Bob will struggle once again to turn it around. I, I do expect him to continue to improve as a Panther, but I think Knight's numbers will be too good to ignore by the halfway mark of the season, and he will be the go-to guy by the season's end. As for the show, I, I think I'm I think I'm going to play around with the format a bit going forward. I mean, maybe maybe I'll stick with the with the weekly shows. Maybe I'll do game by game shows or or go with something totally different. I'm you know, this is pretty malleable. This this is my show. No one else works on the show but me. Um, I'm open to any suggestions. If you listeners have any things you like, things you don't like, please let me know. Um, I'm just trying to make this show as interactive and as interesting for you listeners as possible. Um, and also, you know, I have a giveaway I've been wanting to do and would love to get that going. And I'm hoping to interview some guests during the season and Maybe looking to jump on Twitch and doing some live video streams with the listeners and maybe we can chat some Florida Panthers talk, have some Florida Panthers talks and discussions, you know, live. And you don't have to just listen to me through your speakers and talk at you the whole time. We can have discussions together. Um, But again, any suggestions and anything more you'd like to hear from Project Panthers and the team here, like it's it's the team by by the team, I mean me. Please feel free to reach out. I'd love to hear it. I'm I'm really open to any suggestions. I really am. Uh, But that's going to do it for me this week. And uh, thank you for tuning into this off-season review slash 2021-22 season preview of our beloved Florida Panthers. Remember to send your questions, comments, concerns, and queries into Project Panthers by emailing us at projectpantherspod at gmail.com. And please follow us on Twitter at projpanthers. That's P-R-O-J Panthers on Instagram at Project Panthers Pod and on Facebook by searching Project Panthers. Um, We're available on Spotify, YouTube, uh, all the major podcast platforms. So please, please um, have a listen, like and subscribe, all the above. Thank you so much for coming back this season. I am geared up for a, a, what should be a wonderful season for the Florida Panthers and hopefully one of their best. Go Cats go. Have a week.